You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. That was one of the most dishonest, negative bias examples I have ever seen. And I, I lift that up because I just want you to critique and filter the negative bias that you get along with the positive bias that you get towards given companies. It's Bill Powers and this is Mining Stock Education. Thank you for tuning in. In today's show, I'm gonna talk about discerning bias in the mining investment sector. First thing to note is that everyone is biased, including yourself. Everyone is trying to sell something. This is the perspective that you should have. Don't ask if somebody is biased, but rather ask how somebody is biased. And in terms of content providers, realize that nobody, absolutely nobody, is 100% aligned with you. I've thought this through. I've talked this through with very smart people, strategic investors in the resource sector. And one of the things we all agreed upon is that no matter where you consume your content, whether it's from a podcast, a YouTube, a newsletter writer, analyst reports, nobody is 100% aligned with you. Everybody has their own biases with, with assumptions built in. Everybody has their own motivations. So you should always be looking at the motivations and the biases or the assumptions that underline the biases of the content providers that you consume from. But before you focus on discerning others' bias, you first need to discern your own bias, and that is even more important. How self-aware are you of your own bias? Your personal bias is the most important bias to discern. Where are you on the spectrum of sucker on the one end, in which you consume everything in a very gullible way, or skeptic on the other, to where you think everybody that's telling you something has sinister intentions or motive. You should analyze that and kind of reflect back on some of your past investments, whether they were successful or whether they were a failure, and what went in, what information did you consume to make that investment decision? And then did you blindly trust that information? Did you critique it? Did you verify? You know, the United States President Ronald Reagan in the 80s, when he was dealing with the communists and Gorbachev, said, trust but verify. When it comes to consuming content in the junior mining sector, uh, you shouldn't trust but verify. You should be a healthy skeptic upon receiving the information. And from there, you should verify everything. And always remember that you are responsible for your investment decisions. So discern your own bias. Have people that can give you feedback critique your bias, have people close to you that even if they don't understand junior mining, perhaps they could be a sounding board for your emotions and they could give you feedback on your emotional state. You know, my wife with her psychology and counseling degrees can't read the markets, wouldn't understand the investment theses of the companies I invest in, but she can read me very well and give me feedback on, are you a little anxious? Are you motivated perhaps by greed, by fear? And, and asking these critiquing questions, it helps me work through my own internal processes. And even when a company isn't going well, and maybe I need to sell the stock, just bouncing some of these ideas off of her, and she reads me and gives me the feedback, that helps me become more self-aware so that I can make a logical, rational, intelligent decision. Now, when it comes to discerning content provider bias, content providers could be someone tweeting on Twitter, a chat room commentator, a newsletter writer, an analyst, a podcaster, a YouTuber, a blogger, a Reddit poster. These are all forms in which content is 
consumed, provided and consumed these days. Back in the olden days, you know, before the internet, you pretty much had the broker that you had to go through to get information. But now it's been a democratization of information. And so we can be influenced by so many different sources when it comes to being introduced to new investment ideas. And then of those things, what might influence us or provide influence upon us to make certain buy or sell decisions. Now, when I am first presented with an investment idea in the resource sector, or I have a company that comes to me that wants to become a sponsor of the show, I first have a negative bias when I'm presented with this investment or sponsor idea. And then if it passes through my filter and my due diligence, then I'm going to have a positive bias. That is the nature of how things work. So if you're listening to any content provider that has either taken a position in a company and they're talking about it, or they've been compensated, such as the model of this show, to where it's a sponsor-based show, that's what makes it worth my time. I was making multiple six figures running a construction company and I have a family to feed. If I wasn't able to be compensated for what I do, I wouldn't be doing what I am doing because I need to provide for my family. But I'm thankful to the companies that are willing to sponsor me so that I'm able to do what I'm able to do with Mining Stock Education. And it's been a blessing to me and hopefully it's been a blessing to you as well. But once I take them on as a sponsor, I have a positive bias. If they pass through that filter, I have a positive bias. And so that's with any, if it's a broker that's trying to sell stock of a given company or do a financing for a given company, and they write an analyst report, they are not unbiased. They are biased. And a lot of times, an analyst or a, a brokerage house might pick up coverage on a certain stock, not because they've received anything thus far from that company, but they may want to do a financing in the future for that company, and then they get their 7% cash and 7% option compensation for doing a raise for that company. Therefore, they aren't biased when they put out their information, even if they haven't technically received any money point I'm trying to make is that nobody is unbiased. I've heard people that receive fees from companies talk about how they are unbiased. I don't know how you can receive a fee from a company and say the information that I'm presenting to you is unbiased. You can't. I don't know how you can invest in a company and then say I'm unbiased. Obviously, if you're talking about that company you invested in the public domain, it's because you want other people to think good and ultimately buy the shares of the company that you're talking about, right? You're helping to create demand for a limited supply of shares that are out there. And so nobody is unbiased. Everybody is biased. Ask yourself, how are they biased and what are their motivations? Now, I mentioned that they're on the spectrum of self-analysis. You could say, are you a sucker on the one end or are you a skeptic on the other? You should lean more to being a skeptic, but in my opinion... I do end up giving some people the benefit of a doubt to a certain degree. I don't just criminalize them in my mind just because they're providing content. I come with some skepticism. If I like what I'm hearing, I'm going to do due diligence and then make my own decision after I've verified the information. Now, we, we've been talking about positive bias thus far, but I want to point out that it's not just positive bias towards a company or a potential investment that you need to be aware of and critique the potential motivations or biases, but it's negative bias just as well. And one thing I've observed over these seven, eight years of being a resource investor and just observing the chatter on the internet and so forth is that it seems that, yes, there are those gullible people that 
are a sucker and they just swallow anything that has a positive bias without much critique. But there's also a group of people that may not be prone to swallow the positive bias without thinking about what they're consuming, but they maybe don't have as strong of a filter when it comes to negative bias. So they may consume the negative bias quite gullibly. Now, honest negative bias is needed in this sector. The junior resource sector needs honest critics, but the key word there <laughs> is honest. And anytime you invest in a certain company, you should be able to articulate the insightful bare arguments or critical takes towards the company that you invest in. Like if you can't say what the bear take, the bear perspective is on your bullish investment thesis for a given company, you shouldn't invest. That's part of your due diligence. And what I do though is I separate when I'm just filtering through negative bias towards a company that I may like, I filter through the insightful bear arguments versus just the default negative take. There is always a reason why a stock would go down. And in junior resources, there's probably more reasons why a stock would go down than why it would go up. That's why when it goes up, we get paid so well when they're successful. So, but is this an insightful bear argument or is this just trashing the company or trashing the management? Because I don't find much value in those things. As I mentioned, in my opinion, you should start by being a skeptic with any investment. And that does involve understanding the bear argument which means you're taking in those with a negative bias, but don't just consume it gullibly, but filter it through and determine what's insightful and what's honest and from the other stuff that may have something else going on. So honest negative bias traits are devoid of emotionally charged language and accusations. Just ask yourself, if somebody is super emotionally charged and is not just rationally critiquing something, what else might be going on if they're flinging out accusations and all of this emotionally charged language. There's probably something going on <laughs> within the person that is sharing this negative bias. You don't want someone with a personal ax to grind, and they're out there, and you may not be aware of it, and that's one of the points I want to communicate to you today, and I'm going to share a couple stories uh, here in a second. You want the honest negative bias to be presented with verifiable facts. You want those that are presenting it to be open to being wrong. Just like if you have a positive bias and things don't work out, you got to change your mind. You got to sell. You got to be able to come to that conclusion. You can't be so blinded and say, oh man, I'm already in this thing. No, if you need to sell, you need to sell. So, But if the person is wrong, because I see a lot of snarky bashing out there. And sometimes if I see that on social media regarding a company, I say to myself, I'm going to see if this basher is proven wrong are they willing to publicly say, you know, I was wrong on this? Or was the goal of what they were doing just to get the attention and the likes and the self-infatuating things that, that go on social media when you can get a rise out of other people? Is that what they're after? Or are they actually after an honest critique? And if they are, if they're wrong in two years or in 18 months or in six months, would they then go correct the record on what they put out there? Just something I look for. Honest negative bias should flatly tell you that they are short if they're shorting and will make money if the stock goes down. There are short seller newsletter writers out there that make money, you could say, on an anti-pump. <laughs> they don't want there to be a surplus of buyers. They don't not, they're not looking to create 
demand for the stock. They're, they're looking to create anti-demand or sellers for the stock. They're looking to increase supply in the market by writing a negative report. We saw that uh, with UEC recently. There was a short seller's report uh, put out and the stock fell significantly. And I, I read through the whole thing. And then at the end, it said, we are short. <laughs> In other words, once we put out this report, we plan to make money by this report being a catalyst for the stock to go down. So if that's their take, that's their take. But of course, they should disclose that to you. So when you're discerning negative bias, just as you need to be aware of positive bias, you also must discern negative bias. Where is this presenter of negative bias on the spectrum of being a saint on the one end and a scoundrel on the other, just like your positive bias content providers, uh, you could analyze them from being a saint to scoundrel. So also for your negative bias presenters, ask yourself, where do you think they are on the spectrum of being a saint or a scoundrel? And you're not going to be able to figure that out immediately. And your own conclusion may not even be correct about that presenter of information. Even when I've received some uh, critical takes uh, from individuals and I've read it, I, I said to myself, you know, I don't believe what they're saying about me is accurate. However, I, if I give them the benefit of the doubt, I can understand why they might say some of those things, even though knowing what I know, what they're saying isn't fully accurate. But ultimately, it's your money, and there's no content provider that is 100% aligned with you. So you need to be the filter, you need to be the discerner, and you need to protect your money and your investment dollars. But when you decide to invest in a company, be aware of where those influences to invest or those influences to sell come from, and just make sure that you're taking responsibility and you're verifying the information that goes into your conclusion to buy or sell a certain stock. There are some very dishonest and even malicious characters who present info with a negative bias. And so these guys would be on the scoundrel end of the spectrum. Commentators can be motivated by factors other than just an honest critique. They could just desire attention you know, to bash a company just to get likes and attention. There could be a little man syndrome the, the commentator is dealing with to where they're insecure. And so they feel good about themselves by putting others down. Ego in its various manifestations can go into critiquing. They can have a personal conflict with or dislike of management. I've seen this one personally to where someone goes ultra bash. And then when I ask a couple questions of people I know in the industry, they explain to me that the person online that's bashing a given company or executive actually went to that executive, asked for help, and because that executive didn't give them what they wanted, they ultimately turned around and started to be a negative voice against them on the internet. Listen, this is just humanity 101, psychology 101. This is what I'm talking about when people don't always have the purest or of motivations or intentions even when they have a negative bias. That's the point. <laughs> People don't have the purest of intentions or motivations on the positive bias side. You need to filter through that, but also on the negative side. They could be jealous in various form. I've seen junior mining CEOs go after other junior mining CEOs un unwarranted, and I don't know fully what's going on there, but I do suspect that jealousy could be a prime motivator. Sometimes people have a negative bias just because they're bitter over past junior mining stock losses. I see it in the YouTube comments. I understand the pain. However, just because you lost money doesn't mean the next guy's going to lose money. And the next guy could make five times his money, even though you lost 80% of your money in junior mining stocks. So just be aware that these are some of the motivating factors for negative bias. So I'll give you a couple more extreme scoundrel-like dishonest 
examples of negative bias that I've experienced. Now, keep in mind, when I got into junior mining stocks late 2015, early 2016, I was just a guy looking to make some money on what I expected to be a substantial rise in the silver price. Therefore, I bought silver junior mining stocks. Some of those went up tenfold. I got hooked on the sector, not knowing anything, okay? So I'm an outsider. And then that year in 2017, I started to attend all the conferences and get to know people. So I was an out, total outsider, an American too. I'm not from Vancouver or Toronto or anything like that. And just the journey I'm sharing is an outsider American who got into junior mining stocks, submerged himself in this, and learned some things along the way. And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. If you're like me, hopefully some of these things, even if you haven't experienced them, could be helpful to you. But I've had people that are loud on social media bashing other exploration stocks, which are the riskiest of all junior mining stocks. We understand that. I don't need someone to tell me that. I already know that. If you don't know that, now you know that. I just told you exploration stocks, you can make 100 times your money or you very likely could lose 95% of your money. That's how they work, okay? But when an individual is loud talking about how exploration stocks, you should avoid them, they're bad, blah, 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 blah. Well, I had one individual that's loud talking about that asked to meet me at a conference, meet me in person. So I agree to it. As soon as we sit down, he flips out his physical paper PowerPoint presentation of his personal exploration project that he's looking to advance and get financed. Now, as he's flipping through this, I'm thinking in my head, aren't you the guy that's loud on social media, that's always bashing everybody else's exploration company, and that who says, I won't invest in exploration companies, but you're trying to get people to invest in your exploration project? Is that not the, the height of hypocrisy? I give that to you as an example of everything you see on the internet <laughs> is not the full story and it may not even be the accurate story because this guy, he obviously believes you can make a lot of money with a successful exploration project because he has his own, okay? So if he's bashing everybody else on social media, he actually believes that you can make money in exploration stocks and he's trying to get other people's money to fund his idea. That's one example. Another example is a guy with a blog who sells his newsletter and is ultra bashing a certain exploration project in South America. Now, I knew four people smarter than myself who were invested in this early stage, risky, high reward, potential, also high risk play. And as he's, and he's bashing with emotionally charged language. Remember, I told you to be aware of people that use emotionally charged language. Analysts are supposed to be rational, not flying off the cuff. And accusations... And so there's all these public blog po posts negative about the company. So I asked one of my friends who's smarter than me and way more experienced than me. I say, hey, I know you're invested in this company. Had you seen this, this character tearing it up? And he, he emailed me back. He said, oh, he's actually long the stock. And look, here's his paid for newsletter writer, uh, his paid newsletter in which he's actually recommending the stock. However, he's recommending it at a price, you know, whatever, 40, 50% lower than what it's currently trading at. And so he's a little bitter that it's higher. It makes him look bad as an analyst that he's recommending it to his people, but it's way higher. So even though he's publicly bashing, his public comments serve to cause the stock to go down if he's successful with his influence, which would get his paid-for subscribers a cheaper entry price if they decide to buy it. In the paid-for letter, he's saying this is a good buy geologically. There's a lot of prospectivity here. In his public blog, he's bashing it and saying why it's not a good idea. And he never once disclosed that he was 
actually desiring to be long while he's publicly doing all the negative comments. And so that was one of the most dishonest, negative bias examples I have ever seen. And I, I lift that up because I just want you to critique and filter the negative bias that you get along with the positive bias that you get towards given companies. It's your money. Be protective over it. It's a high risk, high reward sector. You can make a lot of money doing this, but just always take responsibility for your investment decisions and verify all the information you receive that goes into your investment decisions, including from this host and this show, because nobody's looking out for number one and you're number one with 100% alignment. It's impossible. Nobody, no podcaster, YouTuber, analyst, None of those people can be 100% aligned with you, but you need to be 100% aligned with you, protect what you have, verify the information you get as you consume it, and then make wise investment decisions. Wishing you all the best. I hope you have a great, successful 2023 investing in resource stocks. This is Bill Powers signing off. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks concomitant with that if you don't do the work or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too i just started to study up on mining stocks and i just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly the mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.